Today we shall continue with our series of demodogs on kusala, akusala, the roots of wholesomeness and the roots of unwholesomeness, and uh, the emphasis of Fatna this talk in particular will be on the root of unwholesomeness of hatred, so being the second among <coughs> the unwholesome ones. Often, ordinary retreatants, should one reflect upon one's own mind. Thus, for a long time has this mind been defiled by greed, by hatred, and by delusion. Mental defilements make beings impure, mental cleansing purifies them. <coughs> now, before going into the details, allow me to sketch just a few examples, manifestations where uh, hatred uh, seems to be uh, the driving uh, motivation or force. In a family, the husband certainly might certainly get extremely angry over the fact certainly that dinner is not ready and certainly then start certainly beating uh, the wife. Or there are on the roads on occasion, cases of road rage and leading even to uh, deaths. Or it could be in an, a very busy restaurant, in the kitchen of a very busy uh, restaurant, and then suddenly the chef is under stress, extreme stress, and Satna, one of the waiters or waitresses, is Satna uh, not clearly saying the order, and Satna, the chef, yells at Satna, the person. Now, manifestations of Satna hatred occurred in a time and again. Our, the headlines of our newspapers are you know, filled you know, with you know, such cases. And there could be things like you know, the supporters of you know, one you know, soccer team and then getting into you know, street fights with the supporters of another you know, soccer team. Hatred, history has certainly shown, is uh, uh, or has been the motivating you know, force you know, for racial conflicts, religious conflicts, and leading all the way you know, to uh, outright wars. 
So hatred in the Pali scripture language referred to as dosa is one of the three unwholesome roots which determines the actual immoral quality of the volitional states and a conscious thought with its mental factors. Now, in the case of Fatna, the unwholesome root of ignorance, this root underlies um, greed as well as hatred, but it can also occur by itself. When it comes to greed and hatred, they are mutually exclusive. When the root of greed is present, the root of hatred will not. <coughs> Sorry. And uh, when the root of hatred is present, then the root of greed will not be present. And a certain opposition, or not just a certain, an opposition between greed and hatred occurs at a time and again in our ordinary lives. At times we like something, at other times we dislike something. Now, the Buddha has uh, given us various images for uh, hatred. He speaks of hatred as a fire, the same image he also uh, uses for uh, greed and uh, delusion, basically for all uh, sense-door impressions. And he further speaks of hatred as an inner enemy or as an inner adversary. Section 88 of the Itiwutaka says this about hatred, namely, hate is a cause of harm unrest of mind it brings, this danger that has grown within, blind folk are unaware of it. A hateful person cannot see the facts, nor can he or she understand the Dhamma when hate has overpowered him or her. In complete darkness one gets plunged. The person who does not hate and can forsake this hatred and what incites to hate from him or her hatred quickly falls off, like water from a lotus leaf. Now, 
in terms of aspects of hatred that certain might uh, occur which ones are you uh, familiar with which ones have you experienced in your own meditation practice so hatred is there and uh, which other forms can hatred take Yes, anger, bitterness and resentment is correct. Dislike would be another one. Can you think of others? Discrimination. Discrimination, yes indeed. Anything else? Aversion. Aversion, yes, correct. Milder, a milder form would be irritation. Annoyance, Annoyance would be also a milder form indeed. Being upset with something. What about rudeness? Rudeness in, uh, in, a, react, in a reaction. Now, the Dhamma Sangani provides us with the following synonyms that the Buddha has used himself namely so he speaks of being upset getting upset and opposition rudeness and an interesting aspect is anger hindering coherent speech so you might remember a time or you might remember the last time you got suddenly into some dispute with another person, verbal dispute, and suddenly the mind was uh, really on fire, your own mind was on fire, and then you may, might have noticed that your speech become suddenly somewhat hindered. So one loses, at least at times, the capacity to speak clearly, and frequent occurrence is sudden in such disputes that one party, both parties will be repeating their points over and over again as if um, for the first time. Now, displeasure might be uh, yet another uh, form of uh, hatred, revulsion, grudge, um, ill humor, vexation, irritability, antagonism, wrath vengefulness, ill-temper, indignation, antipathy, detestation, hostility, malevolence. You know, those would be you know, some other or further you know, manifestations. Now, ex-Satna Venerable Uvisudachara, so previously 
a Malaysian or a monk of Malaysian origin who wrote a number of Dhamma books, he compiled the following list of terms of descriptive descriptive terms for hatred. So we have things like anger, ill will, malice, cruelty, brutality, frustration, resentment, prejudice, intolerance, impatience, and rage. And one form of this is certainly the road rage, as mentioned earlier on. Then one might certainly find that one is furious, smoldering, boiling, vengeful, wanting to hit back, taking, wanting to take revenge, being sarcastic in one's answers. So these satna are some adjectives that are depicting an angry or hateful state of mind. Now, would you say that list is uh, that this list is already quite complete? It's a good start. Is a good start. Yes, indeed. And so we can add a few more. And what about certain being sullen? What about sulking? What about giving another person whom one dislikes the so-called silent treatment. So you decide not to talk to the person for an entire day. Well, if it's just a day, you know, it's uh, uh, one can take it, one can handle it. But if that giving the silent treatment lasts for seven days, well, and it's someone you have to live together with, you know, then it might suddenly get a bit awkward. So to whatever you say, you just get a silent response. So those certain things too, aspects that are a bit certain subtler, come under uh, anger or hatred. Now, Is hatred a mental quality that is totally absent uh, in a retreatants during a retreat, an intensive retreat? Would you say so? You say no. So then, what kind of manifestations, subtle or gross, have you found of uh, anger, ill will? during your retreat, either here or elsewhere. You do things like, that person's making too much noise. Ah! Oh. Uh, you know, they took my seed. <laughs> yes, indeed. Or can you think of other forms? Yes? Um, what what's, uh, lots of it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, <laughs> that person's walking too slow. They're walking too fast. 
They close the door improperly. They open the door improperly. They, they long, they're going the wrong way. <laughs> they're in my way. Mm-hmm. They're behind me and I'm in their way. Uh, yes, this is the tip of the iceberg. Uh, also, uh, a favorite is for the mind to dredge up something that happened in the past and get angry about it again. Ah, there you go. Well, thank you very much for your contribution. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, w- I would still have some more uh, to add. What about Satna, you're extremely hungry, and Satna, then you know, the bell goes for, for you know, 12 o'clock lunchtime, summertime, of course, and Satna, then unfortunately you have a retreatant in front of you, in front of the line, who uh, uh, tries to be a superb yogi and does everything uh, deliberately <coughs> super slow. And your hunger grows greater and greater, and it seems like you're never getting to the buffet. Now, this sudden it might cause some, ad- some anger to arise in the mind. Or cases of uh, anger, fueled by anger that have occurred during retreats in various places, have been fights over electrical heaters in the winter time when it's cold, or have been (coughs) fights over fans, whether they should be on or not, and in the past, over fluorescent lights in the evening, should they be on or not? And I can uh, recall a time at a meditation center where this whole thing developed quite a bit. One yogi decided to go for a petition and he went around (laughs) collecting (laughs) signatures in favor of uh, um, not having the fluorescent lights on. At that point, I decided to quit the meditation hall mm-hmm. and to do my retreat in the room. Now, <laughs> one might get angry about certain a mosquito that managed to uh, find its way under you know, the mosquito net and keeps buzzing around the head or even lands on the tip of the nose. Or one might get angry you know, with this auxiliary practice of the restraint of the senses. It is so beautiful up here. Why am I not allowed to look around and, and enjoy you know, nature? Or there uh, might be, um, one might get angry not only with one's sudden fellow retreatants or the volunteers, but even start picking a quarrel with one's teachers. And Satna may be saying that in an interview, oh, you didn't explain this properly to me, it's your fault, etc. (coughs) Now, even 
inner meditation hall. People, certain yogis don't like each other, so they will then uh, sit far apart from one another so as not to have to uh, uh, see each other and annoy each other. And certainly, uh, as Venerable Kimakuru has said also, the same thing might happen in uh, the walking meditation. Or to add, uh, one might not want to go near another uh, retreatant. Now, yet another manifestation of anger or hatred on retreat is one is sitting there peacefully in you know, the meditation hall from the outside it looks all great however in one's mind one is quarreling with another person so some old issue comes up and suddenly then you know, a quarrel sets in now in the context of our topic of hatred you know, being one of you know, the roots of unwholesomeness, an interesting aspect is what at certain meditation centers like IMS is known as the yogi mind. So what do you think yogi mind is? Jan, do you have any idea? It gets carried away you know, with something, yes, it uh, might uh, mag take some pretty insignificant event and suddenly uh, then magnify the whole thing and turn a molehill into a mountain. Is that correct? In the German language is uh, you know, the corresponding uh, uh, proverb but, you know, would be or saying would be to turn an ant into an elephant. Now, that's just the way the mind works on you know, retreat, and uh, if on occasion we find that anger or aversion has arisen, let's say, in relation to a fellow you know, retreatant, then you know, to be very careful you know, not to let this, uh, uh, this issue get out of hand or out of control. Now, it's not only what uh, our fellow retreatants do, any undesirable, unpleasant object at certainly the, any of the six sense doors may be enough you know, to um, start uh, or to trigger uh, ill will in the mind. Now, more on triggers that 
cause sudden hatred in a few moments. Now, obviously, hatred is an unwholesome state. It's one of the roots of unwholesomeness, and according to yeah, the definition as certainly given by the Atatna Salini. Hatred can be or should be reasoned and considered an unhealthy or sickly state of mind. The Pani for this is Gelanya. And it is a morally faulty and blameworthy state of mind and has uh, unpleasant karmic results, dukkha uh, vipaka. And certain for these different reasons, unwholesome actions by body, speech, and mind can be referred to as unskillful responses to life. Now, if you think of a person who, under normal circumstances, when things go well, is considered a kind person, how will the arising of strong arising in the presence of strong hatred in that person's stream of consciousness change that person's behavior or conduct. How would you characterize it? How would you characterize that a conduct under the influence of intense uh, uh, hatred? Would you still describe it as kind? Probably not. Or probably not? Probably more like Abusive, attacking, ah, something like that. There you go. Any other words that come to your mind? So someone who is attacking... Aggressive. Aggressive, yes. So there's also that, and we'll uh, get to these different uh, forms of uh, hatred in a little while. So would you say that uh, a normally very kind person under the influence of hatred, and his or her uh, conduct becomes somewhat wild, uh, somewhat ferocious, like a wild animal? And that is the characteristic given by the compiler of the Visuddhimagga, namely Elder Bodhagosa. He, he says the characteristic of hatred is ferocity or savageness. So a really wild, aggressive, uh, violent uh, form of conduct. And... Um, uh, 
the commentator adds an illustration here, namely that of a provoked snake. So think of a cobra that is suddenly lying there and suddenly sunbathing, and then someone throws maybe a pebble at it, and immediately it's uh, what do you call it? It's hood will come up and Satna will start uh, becoming aggressive. Now, these changes in the human mind from, let's say, a kind and gentle state to a violent, attacking state occur, always occur very slowly or maybe sometimes rather quickly. Well, it's the latter. At least sometimes suddenly those changes may occur gradually, but suddenly there is this potential in the mind from one moment uh, to the next to shift into a mode of aggression. Now, A mind that prior was filled by kindness, by gentleness, in which wholesome qualities were present. When the hatred comes in, what happens to those wholesome qualities? They're left behind. They're left behind, they get burned up. And so one of the functions of hatred as given in the Visuddhimagga is you know, two functions of hatred is to burn up its own support like a forest fire namely the own support consisting of one's own body and mind so the wholesome qualities that were present just a moment ago they get burned up they get extinguished Now, if we've seen for ourselves at times when conditions, certain conditions are there, how quickly the mind can move from a gentle, kind, loving you know, space into a space of the greatest rage, then we might understand now, why the commentator uh, uh, suggests a second or, or another uh, function for hatred, namely that of spreading, like a drop of poison. So, if uh, um, just a little bit of hatred has arisen in the mind, in the absence of fortunate mindfulness, it has the potential to spread rather quickly across the entire mind. Now, out of hatred, if someone keeps nagging us, keeps hurling verbal abuse at us, and we 
try to keep them quiet, we try to um, adapt to the situation, however at one point it just gets too much, then what happens? Usually there's an explosion of some sort. Ah, there's an explosion. And uh, with regard to you know, the you know, person that keeps nagging us? The person that keeps nagging is likely to be the target of the explosion. Ah, there you go. That's it. And uh, now then we may want to go after uh, that person. And certain harm that certain person, um, you know, a really bad case physically, but as Deborah has certainly alluded to already, this could be done in a passive manner. So there's also what you might certainly call psychological forms of, or, or psychological ways of expressing hatred. So hatred is said to, you know, to be manifested as persecuting like an enemy who finally has suddenly got his or her chance for um, uh, uh, to what do you call that to get even for revenge now the proximate cause for the arising of hatred ill will is a ground for annoyance in the Pali scriptural language stated as Agata Watu and so the Diga Nikaya gives us a number of cases that tend to cause the arising of malice or of anger. Namely, it says in the Sangiti Sutta he or she has done me an injury, he or she is doing me an injury, and he or she will do me an injury. Or, a person has done, is doing, will do an injury or harm to someone who is dear and pleasant to me. And then we have uh, um, three more cases. One will be, one has done, is doing and will do a favor to someone who is hateful to us. So someone whom we dislike. So those are, are those nine you know, forms, are nine causes, are said to be causes for the arising of anger, ill will. But would you say that this list is really comprehensive? No, no it's not. That's correct. In the end, and this one can see in one's own meditation practice, in the end any object will do, any situation that might certainly do to trigger anger in the mind. Sometimes what happens is that there is already some mm, hatred lingering there. It's more than lingering, it's uh, slightly mm, activated, but uh, 
um, the anger hasn't found a reason yet to blow up on. And then here comes someone and certainly does certainly something uh, not so uh, skillful and certainly then um, some irritation arises but it's not enough to blow up on. And the anger remains in the mind until uh, finally a cause uh, or a condition has uh, arisen that certainly then is good enough uh, to uh, then explode on. And uh, this we might uh, on occasion uh, then see uh, in our own um, in our own mind this particular pattern. Maybe not necessarily for everyone, but uh, uh, for some. Now, the illustration for um, hatred that uh, no, the commentator gives is it should be regarded as being like stale urine mixed with poison. So that's pretty bad. It can't get much worse than that. <laughs> now, already during the previous demo talk on Tuesday, on Monday, there was mention of the diversity of the unwholesome roots and greed certainly being described in the text as a lesser fault which fades away slowly. In the case of hatred, it is said to be a greater fault and it fades away quickly. So from a point of view of public opinion and also from a point of view of karmic consequences, hatred is said to be a great fault. So because if we act on the hatred, we might, in the absence of mindfulness, go far or go too far and even threaten the health and life of another being. Now, if fitness, such, a, such a transgression leads to an act of actually taking the life of another human being, and the person, then what seems to be occurring is that suddenly the person who has committed, who has caused such a death, may soon regret, may soon repent and ask uh, the relatives, the friends of the deceased person for forgiveness and you know, then um, if that forgiveness is granted you know, then you know, the, uh, the person who has caused this death you know, will 
and be able to uh, let go of uh, the thing in his or her uh, mind. This doesn't necessarily uh, mean uh, that uh, the other party uh, will not still have some bad uh, feelings. Now, based on the various examples given for um, the manifestations of Fatna hatred ranging you know, from yelling at another person to, let's say, you know, some you know, racial conflict you know, to an outright certain war, hatred manif may manifest in society in many, many, many different ways. And It is causing an awful lot of suffering, be it on a one-to-one -one level, be it even within oneself, on a, within a family, within a community, within, let's say, uh, a city, or a state, or an entire country, or even the world at large. Despite of the fact that certainly the consequences of uh, hate, of transgressions you know, based on or motivated by the hatred are so terrible, one would expect that society would make every effort to weed out certain hatred. But what do we find? Sometimes the opposite. Just the opposite. And there's still those politicians or others, leaders of some you know, sorts, who use hatred as a way of inciting violence, of inciting conflict in society. Using hatred for their own selfish ends. That certain kind of inciting violence or even let's say inciting a war might be done in a very systematic manner by let's say getting the media to keep reporting on the well the flaws of a certain countries pointing out its certain the dangers of that come along with that country and eventually when the public opinion is stirred up and then to say okay now it's time to go to war when maybe there wasn't a real good reason to start with
Now, when it comes to the consequences of fatnit hatred, would you, an act of hatred, would you say that certain of those consequences are always limited only to the other party that gets affected, that becomes subject of one's uh, of fatnit hatred, or would you say that there's more to it? Such as? Such as um, the relatives of the people that's, get angry. That's a good point. And certainly then we could certainly take it a step further and adding that by being angry, being full of hate and vengeful, we bring harm to ourselves. So a mind in which hatred is certainly present is not a happy mind. The body will also not be in an easeful, comfortable state. And therefore, the Buddha speaks, when he speaks of the consequences of fatna hatred, you know, he says it will bring harm to oneself, it will bring harm to another or others, and it will bring harm to both sides. Now, in terms of various classifications of Fatna hatred, yes, as Satna Deborah has Satna pointed out earlier on, there are passive forms of Fatna hatred, such as passive resistance that might come in the form of resentment or repugnance. Or there are the more active, volitional and intentional forms of hate that uh, get referred to as outright malevolence. Now, as there is hatred directed towards others, there might also be hatred directed towards oneself. And in this case, we speak of, of self-hatred. And in this case, there may be acts such as hurting oneself or even taking one's own life, which, of course, you know, the Buddha's teachings does not uh, um, subscribe to or support. Now, hatred can be further divided into, or according to its intensity, into mild forms of hatred, uh, medium forms of hatred, and certainly powerful types of hatred. Now, ultimately speaking, there is no reason whatsoever, no cause whatsoever that justifies uh, uh, anger, an action um, performed out of anger or hatred. And why is certain of this? Because as human beings, we always have 
alternative ways of footnote working with nurse situations. So instead of Fatnik getting absolutely angry or upset suddenly with another person, we might uh, 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 remember loving kindness, we might uh, remember uh, to certain wholesome reflections such as this other being is also just like us, a human being that wants to be uh, happy and certainly healthy and certainly in this way no one then stays away from you know, the anger. The Anguttara Nikaya, in its first Tatna volume, 200, section 216, apart from pointing out that Tatna anger brings harm to oneself, to others, and uh, uh, both, also mm, observes or remarks that hate leads to blindness, loss of vision, and lack of knowledge. It is obstructive to wisdom aligned with distress and does not lead to Nibbana. And not leading to Nibbana is part of one of the definitions of Akusala. So it's not only that it brings harm to ourselves, but it also prevents us from uh, prevents or at least uh, uh, hinders our capacity you know, for you know, spiritual development. Now, hatred is likely to you know, be, as a mental factor, is likely you know, to be uh, accompanied at least by a witch unwholesome mental state. Aversion? Uh, well, hatred and aversion is the same mental state. A different mental factor. Ignorance, Ignorance that's correct. Yes, what else? Impatience. Uh, impatience itself is a form of hatred. Ill will, same thing. Intolerance. Intolerance, same thing. Now, mm, oh, actions, especially let's say concerning a larger Sector or sector of you know, the population, hateful actions are based oftentimes on a certain ideology, are you know, based on be those religious ideologies or a political ideology or you know, um, other you know, aspects ethnic uh, ideology. 
and certainly so what we have here is yes you have a point no there you go that's it that's the point so wrong view hatred doesn't oftentimes when it becomes active is accompanied by wrong view by holding some view that clearly is unwholesome akusala and certainly clearly you know, promotes certain violence or conflict over uh, a peaceful solution now just for a point of general knowledge because it's somewhat maybe not that certain obvious the Abhidhamma, the Buddhist Abhidhamma you know, when it speaks of hatred it says you know, that the mental factor of hatred will arise together with envy as well as stinginess as well as worry so Isa, Macharya and Kukucha in the Pali scriptural language on occasion it might also be um, accompanied by sloth and torpor but those cases are limited it's just one one single case so an act of stinginess towards another person is um, the Abhidhamma holds based on a certain ill will towards that person and therefore not wanting to share and when it comes to jealousy or envy probably the explanation is you know, the same you know, thing there too now how do we go or once we have seen various facets of anger of ill will in our own practice have seen that in our own stream of consciousness then obviously the next step is or the next question is how do I want to deal with this do I want to let this anger take its course and get stronger and stronger or do I want to well turn it into a wholesome quality now various approaches have been proposed by the Buddha himself on how to deal with certain any form of hatred and certainly the first one on the list is obviously substituted with meta uh, yes certainly that's certainly one way of doing it indeed and certainly then uh, Marcia will give a demo talk on that in the near future and uh, uh, then any other means 
uh, reflecting on its certain danger. Yes, very good. So wise reflections. Uh, yes, uh, Constance. Shantideva would say, become like a stone. Become uh, like a stone. Uh, and don't do anything. Mm -hmm. Interesting. And Satna, then, what about being mindful? <laughs> <laughs> You're looking so far. <laughs> so, just being, what about being mindful? Taking the hatred itself as an object, first of all, recognizing, oh, hatred, ill will, aversion, this and that, disliking, has arisen in the stream of consciousness. Why don't I uh, take a closer look at this? Why don't I try to um, get to know this hatred a little bit better? Now, in that context, the relevant establishment of mindfulness that certainly we would then engage in is clearly citta nupasana, a mindful contemplation of the mind. And the Satipatthana Sutta simply says to understand a mind that is affected to be a mind affected by hatred and you know, to understand a mind that is unaffected by hatred that it is unaffected by uh, hatred now even though you know, the instruction is put in a very simple way of course as we keep our attention on the hatred every time it comes up, of course, we will gradually come to see many more nuances than that. Now, another contemplation, another of those certain four establishments of mindfulness around hatred, a contemplation of hatred, might be useful to engage in. And which one do you think this might be? Feelings. Feelings, that is correct. And the reason for this is the hatred is likely, or could certainly be, caused by an unpleasant feeling. And the unpleasant, certain, and certain, uh, when the unpleasant feeling is there, ap mindfulness is not there, and certainly so, you know, then an unpleasant feeling leads to you know, disliking and the disliking you know, then manifests in uh, one way or another. So in that sense, a mindful contemplation of feelings is also you know, very you know, useful to deal you know, with uh, hatred. We could even add a mindful contemplation of the body when you notice, let's say you're not aware of, you know, that hatred has arisen in the mind because the mindfulness is still pretty you know, weak, but you notice that the body is all tensed up. 
and subnet may be uh, well, tensed up and uh, uh, the heart is pounding and sudden perspiration is increasing, etc. In this case, by being mindful of these various bodily symptoms, you might certainly then conclude maybe or possibly that hatred is certain or possibly all of these certain things are caused by uh, hatred and certainly then you to take a closer look at what is going on in the mind itself and certain uh, and the hatred might then be detected now other forms have been other forms, other auxiliary practices that have been recommended by the Buddha to curb the anger or hatred. Indirectly, but not directly, anger can be curbed through keeping the precepts, through the precepts are verbal as well as our bodily conduct uh, will be kept free from unwholesome uh, actions and in this way indirectly mm, mm, mental um, or this will indirectly weaken the the, uh, hatred itself the anger itself the tendency towards that, let's put it this way. Now, wise reflections, as Pari has certainly suggested, yes, certainly they help a lot, and certainly then there is also concentration itself through the power of concentration, then to suppress the mental, mental state of anger or um, hatred. And also maybe to realize that the karmic consequences of an action motivated by anger will eventually fall back onto our own head. So we will have to deal with those karmic consequences sooner or later. Now, is there any place in the world where we can hide from those karmic consequences? In some cave in the Himalayas, perhaps? Not so. Patience is certainly yet another very useful tool to um, employ in the face of ill will and as Venerable Kimako has pointed out developing loving kindness. Restraint of the senses would be yet another approach. By simply not seeing or hearing or smelling an object that is undesirable simply through this you know there's no reason for uh, ill will to arise now the commentary to 
the Satipatthana Sutta recommends, apart from, of course, Satya being mindful of Satya ill will, is to learn how to meditate on loving kindness. So that's the learning aspect. Then, secondly, to actually cultivate do yeah, this sad meditation of loving kindness and to cultivate it and some more on this uh, you know, from uh, Marcia and, and now then um, considering that one is an owner and heir of one's own actions wise certain consideration one example for wise consideration is as certain follows namely that by wanting to bring har or cause harm to another person by so doing in the end one that brings harm to oneself first and the illustration for this is, it is an angry person that wants to lash out at another person, is as if he or she were to pick up a, a burning, burning coals and then throwing those at the enemy. Or picking up and a heated iron rod and throwing that at suddenly the other person or you know, picking up excrement and suddenly then uh, throwing that at the other person so before the other person is even you know, being touched one has already you know, dirtied or stained uh, oneself Now, in working with anger, ill will, very important is that we do not identify with it, we do not uh, take it personally, we don't get entangled in it, but rather that suddenly we observe it in a calm, detached, objective manner. And further, that we do not uh, uh, try to justify our anger. In the end, there is no reason whatsoever to justify uh, anger. In observing or in working with anger, we want to keep the mind as non-reactive as possible. In other words, full of equanimity. The proximate cause for, or one proximate cause for, you know, the arising of fatna ill will is frequently giving unwise attention you know, to it. And so thinking that it's okay to blow up, thinking that it's okay you know, to smash um, let's say um, plates or glasses and 
thinking it's okay to yell at others, all those certain things you know, will further strengthen the ill will. Or will, to be more precise, will lead to the very arising of ill will and a further strengthening of it. Now, thoughts are not not only do not only can we tackle hatred through the practice of loving kindness and by you know, being you know, mindful, but there's yet another approach. Perceptions play an extremely important role in the functioning of the mind. And we can see one and the same person or one of the same um, condition, external um, or internal condition, in different ways. The famous example of Fudner, the uh, glass that is suddenly filled to the middle. Some see it as, or express this, as a glass that is half full. Others will say it's half empty. And when we know these workings of perceptions you know, then and we see how a perception that is conducive to you know, ill will is um, active you know, then we might suddenly you know, then make it a point to change that very you know, perception and so then and to replace you know, such an uh, unwholesome perception with a perception of non-ill will of and uh, add an element of non-ill will. Now, to conclude, here, O oh, retreatants, the Buddha states in the Anguja Nikaya, volume 4, section 246, having a abandoned the destruction of life, abstains from the destruction of life. By abstaining from the destruction of life, the noble disciple gives to an immeasurable number of beings freedom from fear, enmity and affliction. Oneself then in turn enjoys immeasurable freedom from fear, enmity and affliction. This is the first gift, a great gift and of a long-standing uh, long nature, uh, traditional, ancient. And that, that gift, namely the gift of fearlessness uh, in the Pali scriptural language is known as Abhya 
dana. And it's a form of generosity that goes far beyond an ordinary act of uh, generosity that involves giving material things. So allow me to conclude today's Satna Dhamma talk on the unwholesome root of hatred. May this Satna talk help you to spot more easily, more quickly, you know, the ver or the hatred when it arises in the stream of consciousness in its sudden various you know, forms, various uh, intensity, and um, you know, may you know how to deal with it and suddenly then you know, learn to abandon you know, the uh, uh, unwholesome root of of hatred and develop more and more uh, wholesome qualities such as loving kindness, such as patience, friendliness, and so on and so forth. And certainly eventually may this lead us you know, to the realization of the peace of Nibbana during this very retreat. And this is it for now. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.